Well, Jimmy and Irene, it is a privilege to be sitting down with you. Thanks so much for being with us at our conference. Man, the sessions that you shared were amazing, incredible. I don't even know the words to describe them, <laughs> but it was, it was a treat to sit down with you guys and talk about what God's done in your life and your marriage and in your church. And um, for those who maybe weren't with us at conference or need a refresher, could you guys just share a little bit about who you guys are um, and what God's doing in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first, Logan, the man. <laughs> yes. Come on, somebody. X-Men. Thank <laughs> you so much for having us. Yeah. Uh, your mom and dad are phenomenal. What, got, what you guys are doing uh, here at River Valley is world-changing, not mm -hmm. just for Minnesota, but for the Big C Church, and we're glad to come alongside you guys and yes. help move the ball forward mm -hmm. for the Big Thank C you. Church. And so, yeah, Irene and I are doing... Uh, great. Yeah. Um, Just celebrated 22, 22 years of wow. marriage. Years. I mean, I'm 24 week. years old. Wow. So yeah. Some perspective there. It, too. Yeah. 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 That's amazing, <laughs> so though. That's amazing. We're yeah. celebrating four years of marriage this summer. Let's so go. Congratulations. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Newlyweds. Yeah. Marriage. Still. Newlyweds. Yep. Yeah. Right? We feel like newlyweds. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you love me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it does feel like newlyweds. Season, yeah. It does. It's it? a good season. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing conference. Mm -hmm. I think. It was amazing to be around a bunch of leaders, world changers, uh, to really help them move the ball forward and uh, kind of embrace their own story, if you will. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, embrace their own pain. And uh, man, if we, like, we can change you know, society, we can change churches, but man, if we can change leaders, mm. I think we can move the ball down the field a whole lot faster. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, that's what me and Irene's life is, is pretty much dedicated to now. You yeah. know? Um, we pastored, you know, I five city for right around ten years. Yeah. Right, and um, it was great. You know, God moved. Uh, it was amazing. But when God kind of called us out of that, uh, you know, we just heeded the call. You know, through our marriage story, through you know a story of redemption and recovery mm -hmm. and um, really, really restoration. Mm -hmm. um, we felt like God was kind of calling us to to really pastor pastors. And that's what we did with like Union Church. Like now, yeah. I-5 City, uh, which was in Baltimore, Maryland, and right by BWI Airport in Destiny Church, Pastor Stephen and I, mm -hmm. uh, we came together and had this idea to merge churches. And, uh, and through that, I believe the kingdom uh, is being advanced. Our, yes. our impact is, is really greater. Our reach is greater. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're better together. I know that's like a, a coin slogan these yeah. days. Um, but it really started, you know, through the pain of our marriage. Sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were able to share that, you know, in that last yeah. awesome session that you brilliantly gave us the yeah. Maury Povich. Wow. Oh, you know, um, <laughs> so I've never been compared to Maury, <laughs> Maury Povich. Maury Povich. Okay. I'm, I'm, I think the only reason um, I know him is because yeah. uh, they probably had Vine videos or That's something. It. Of yeah. Maury, That's but. it. That's it. I did date myself there, didn't I? You sure? Yeah, did. Montel Jackson. Jordan. Jordan. Montel Jordan. Oh my goodness. No, no, Montel Williams. Montel yeah. Jordan was an R&B oh, singer. Montel That's Williams. Right. Yeah, Montel oh Williams. Okay. Ricky Lake. I mean, I can just keep going. Keep, I don't keep know going. who it is. You know, Ricky you don't Lake, know who Ricky Lake is? Like a, oh, we're old. Uh, yeah, we're old. We're old. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, so we're, we transitioned the church. Yes, and, we yeah. did. So first we served your parents. That's yes, an important part of the story. We served your parents for how many years? Like 15, 10 about 10 Since years. 90, well, for me, 94. 94. Yeah. So anyway, a lot of years serving yeah. under your parents and then transitioning, relaunching the church to I-5 and then another transition yeah. into union. 
and what I feel like the blessing is in each transition has been uh, we've learned yes. what to do and what not to do in each season. Primarily through what we did wrong, so yes. now we can help other people with what not to do. What yeah. not to do, because the first transition from Living Waters to I-5 was brutal. Yeah, mm. um, it was brutal, brutal which true. is brutally beautiful. Yes. It's beautiful now. It's beautiful but now. it was hard going but through. it was totally. hard going through on the family unit. Of course. Um, like and, it, it's weird to fail at succession. Like yeah. It's called... Wow. Succession. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's right. Like it's supposed the name. to be a success, <laughs> yeah. but we actually failed at it. Yeah, there was a pull and a tug of when, sure. timing, and what have you. Um, but the launch of I-5, you know, salvations, we saw so much what someone in the body of Christ would call success, which Correct. is winning souls for Jesus. Yes, right. <laughs> we saw a lot of that. We served the community, did great things. But there was a shift in our relationship. Um, we just felt that the grace was lifting for yeah. us, leading together as senior pastors of the local church. And um, we just felt a burden to help leaders be the best that they can be. Yeah. And that starts with the individual and the marriage yeah. and the family unit, being able to um, just thrive through the stresses and pressures of ministry and learning how to balance it. So ministry shouldn't take us out. We shouldn't, we're not supposed to be burnt out. Yeah. Um, and suffer like you know through like yeah. we can enjoy ministry yeah. in a balanced way and so in this season we're really just focusing on ministering to pastors and leaders and yeah. providing support and resources yeah. and um yeah and i think I, go ahead i'm sorry I, I think there's seasons where you know in ministry where there are difficult times you yeah. walk through plenty of them yeah you know, i know in my my parents life man they tell story after story after story of being a church planner and doing it and yeah I, i'm sure you guys could go back and forth for hours on it but then like you said there's those seasons of joy and mm -hmm. excitement and fulfillment but as you talked about at conference there's the seasons of joy and fulfillment on the church end yeah but then there's the seasons of joy and fulfillment on your family end. and mm -hmm. so it seems like what, even what I've seen from you, Irene, the way you talk about your kids and how much you love them and excitement that you see for this next season for you is it's fulfilling in more than more ways than one. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the church was doing incredible things, yeah. but your ministry is going to be greater and your family is going to be greater. Sure, and I think yeah. that synergy of the call mm -hmm. that you talked about of, of transitioning the church is huge. Jamie, I'd love to talk a little bit about, I mean, you know, I, I haven't known you too long, yeah. but I feel like we're great friends already. But the pride that it, or, or the, the sense of humility or pride or whatever word you want to use yeah. to say, I built this thing. Yeah. I, and it, it was big. You know, we, we at our conference talked about, I want to get to a mega church someday. You were a mega church in the mega church. You know, you were yeah. doing it. You were, you were the boss. You were the man. What you say, if you wanted yeah. to preach about this, you want to do this. And talk to us a little bit about overcoming some of that. And I'm sure there's still time. I mean, it's, it was April, 2021. So, you know, it's recent. I'm sure there's still times we deal with it, but what has that journey been like? Because I think there's somebody out there that maybe is, needs to give up some, a leadership position mm -hmm. or they need to give up the appearance mm -hmm. of a leadership position. Maybe their position doesn't change, but their posture yeah. of leadership changes. So talk about that. Wow. Well, I, I think early on, whether it be marriage, you know, whether it be, you know, parenting, uh, and there's a new season or a season of transition. Like we throw around this word transition a lot, like mm -hmm. in church and, and, you know, preaching and then shifting. And, and I think one thing I learned early on is, is every transition begins with an ending and ends with a new beginning. 
Every transition begins with an ending mm. and ends with a new beginning. Sure. What I knew is that God was shifting our season, right? And there was a new beginning, you know, ahead of us. It was on the horizon. And I think how we ended was going to be determined by, or how we began our new season yeah. was how we'd be determined by how we ended our old season and vice versa. That's good. And so when we start thinking about those thoughts, you like, we felt this transition. Now it was like, how do we end well? Mm-hmm. You know, um, we, we knew that our season as, as pastoring was coming to an end. So, you know, are we setting up the next pastor? Are we setting up the next generation? Are we setting up the people? Are we setting up our own children? Honor. And when an honor. honor, are we going to honor in, honor, you know, honor up, honor down, honor all around, as, yeah. as pastors mm-hmm. often say. But one of the things that I think I've really felt uh, in my spirit, in my soul, was that I was winning at the wrong thing. Mm. In other words, we, we've, Irene and I have talked about it this way. Like, we had fruit with no joy. Mm. Like, yes, you say we were successful by church standards and we were growing a mega church or whatever, but I think COVID kind of gave everybody a little Gideon revival, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no joy. Mm. I was frustrated, you know, behind the scenes. People would love, oh man, you guys are successful and you have this and you have that and you've built this kind of church. You have these many staff and this is your yearly budget, but I didn't enjoy it. Mm. And so it I became think, more of a frustration yeah. because you weren't working in what you were, your main giftings were. That's it. And, um, I'm, I'm literally, my gifts are very um, aligned to support yeah. yours. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, so I could do it, but what it was hard as a wife watching you yeah. um, just be exhausted and yeah. frustrated operating in a lane, uh, you know, you, that you weren't meant to be right. in long term. So just mm. the freedom I've seen in you, the weight that's lifted off of you, um, your dad being in agreement yeah. about it, and just his dad being so worried about him. He's like, oh my gosh, Jimmy's evangelistic. Well, he's the one who passed the church yeah. to me. And he was like, I never thought you should do it. Like, mm. what? But you passed Why'd the church. Why'd you give it yeah. to me then? Yeah, but I mean, he thought that that was just what you do. It was like, just that what was you legacy. Do. Wow. Yeah. And so we didn't, we found out, and when we went to him and asked us, like, what do you think about this? He was like, well, woo. Like, I'm so glad you're Relieved. saying this because I. I was worried about the level of stress you were under. Yeah. I was worried about, the, does this not fix your gift mix, being a senior pastor? I was worried about, and this is the guy who set me up for it. Right. But he even said, like, he thought that that was the only way that he could live out his legacy. Wow. And, so uh, he is just cheering us on from the front row, like Papa proud of Stephen and Zai Chandler mm-hmm. and, and their leadership and them taking over because they are— fit for this. 100%. 100%. They are the leaders for the job for such a time as this. And um, it, it's an honor to do this work alongside them and support them and make sure that they're successful in what they Absolutely. do um, and have the support that we didn't, didn't have early on. Yeah. And what a lesson that when you say that, that your dad, <laughs> even though he was the one that gave it to you, he saw that it wasn't your gift set how many people are out there that think so many people, oh, they're relying on me. They need me as yeah. a team member. I have to, if I leave kids ministry, what's going to happen? Yeah. Or right. if I leave the pulpit, what's going to happen? You know, for me, I, I was in young adult ministry for four years and I was preaching when I wanted to. I was doing, I was, I was, I felt like I was, it was awesome. I was living mm-hmm. the dream, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was asked to transition to more of a business role and 
River Valley Conference is like the only active ministry role that I'm doing. I'm doing business behind the mm-hmm. scenes. And I'm like, God, like, why would you call me to do that? Because you know my desire is yeah. to 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 be with people and I'm an mm-hmm. extrovert and I'm I'm, you know, a three and I want to go. And I just think that what I didn't realize was that the giftings that God was preparing for me to now multiply my dad's vision. Yeah. And then to be here at conference, to be on this podcast podcast with you guys. I wouldn't be in this room today had I not said yes to a role that I was a little uncertain about. Wow. But the doors that God's open and just seeing what God's open for you guys in talking around the issues of race that quite frankly I think people just don't want to talk about yeah. because they don't know how to talk about yeah. it. And it takes people to go into the middle of it and say, guys, I'm willing to talk and share a little bit like have you when when you bring this up to people, I'm sure there's a little bit of hesitation Absolutely. right away. But but are you pleasantly surprised with how open people are to talk about it? Or do you feel like you're like, man, there's still a wall up that people are unwilling? Yeah. I, I feel like it's a little bit of both. Sure. Right? It's not either or. It's probably both and. And I think the more relationships people are in with diverse you know, groups of people, mm-hmm. Uh, the more open they are, sure, right? Because they have some level of proximity, mm-hmm. of you know, engagement and interaction, experience. Um, and experience, yeah, mm-hmm. right. And so their passion to know is to be a bridge in relationships that they already have. Yeah, people that are hesitant have they have like two more things to do or another whole thing to do. They they want to they have to learn the information and then they have to find relationships to work sure. it out. Yeah, it's like, uh, who can I talk to about yeah, that? Yeah, like, <laughs> there's, you know, there's no black people in my city, you know. Yeah. Or, or you know, I'm not around, you know, women or I'm not around, you know, other ethnic cultures. And, and I like to say this, like, before diversity ever shows up in our lives, it first needs to show up in our heart, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I believe we attract what we are and what we're, you know, the, 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 uh, the healing of our soul and the healing of our hearts. And so, you know, I talk to a lot of pastors and they're like, well, there's no diverse people in my city or, you know, I, you know, my church is all this or all that. And I'm like, well, it's really not about, you know, the color of the butts in the seats, but the color of the hearts sure. that represent those seats. Mm-hmm. And if we can love everybody, if we can expand the capacity of our love, if we can expand our capacity, compassion to people that we may not ever be in proximity with, I believe that we then, the gospel becomes attractional. Mm -hmm. Like when Jesus walked the streets, he attracted broken people. Yeah. Why? Because he was called to them. Mm -hmm. And so if we realize that our, the great commission is our calling, Mm -hmm. you know, it says like when the Holy Spirit came in Acts 1-8, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts, right? But no one wants to even get outside of Jerusalem. You know, there's also yeah. Judea, let alone Samaria. We learned that today in John 4. Like, all the Jews went around Samaria because the Samaritan and Jews didn't interact. They didn't do life. But I believe that people are more open to the message if they already have some level of interaction with diversity and a little bit more closed if they don't. Yeah. But they don't realize that they can be the light in their city. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a few diverse people, imagine if your heart... Uh, was receptive to them, and yeah. they could come to you. Like I believe that God can use you. And he, here's the thing about pastoring in church. Really, we don't pastor churches; we pastor cities. Yeah. Our vision is not for our church. Our vision is to change the trajectory yeah. of eternity yeah. in our city. That's what apostle means. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I like to say that church doesn't start when service starts. Church starts when service is over. I don't go to church. I am the church. Yeah. 
And what did Jesus says, and I will build my church yeah. through us, in mm-hmm. us, and the gates of hell will not prevail mm-hmm. against it. And so when we start thinking about diversity, you know, when they started asking who do men, when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? All of the disciples, all the people around had a version of Jesus through what they experienced. Sure. Some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, some say you're this. Well, what do, what would people say, uh, or what would, what would be said about people, like, what is the church, you know, how diverse is the church through who you are? Hmm. Not the building. Yeah. But how diverse is the church, you, your heart, yeah. through how you're receptive, your compassion? You know, not what, do, do people know what you're for or what you're against? Mm, I want sure. people to know what I'm for. Yeah. So that's just kind of my thought. Yeah, you, you talk about being unoffendable. I've heard you say <laughs> that in a couple of messages and, and that's not an easy task. No. You, you have to, in my view, what, what you've been teaching is you have to start there. Yeah. Because if you go into a conversation and then someone says something and you go, you, if you decide in the moment, I think oftentimes we fail. But if you go into it saying, I'm gonna be unoffendable, mm-hmm. it opens the door. And I just, I, I just tell that to people all the time. You know, it's like if you're uh, talking to a dating couple in church, well, if you're in the basement, dark, late at night at 2 a.m. and it, you're watching a movie and she's pretty and you're whatever, bad things are gonna happen. Yeah. But if you go into something and you go, I'll see if I'm gonna be offended or not. Wow. It's like, mm-hmm. you have to decide that beforehand. I like when, that. I th- when I think about that, we, we were talking a little bit about this. I think not everyone is there. So no, you can say, no. I'm undefendable, but other people are not. And the question I have, and, and I want to, you know, with the time we have, I, I want to ask questions. They may be hard questions, you know, no, for thing, someone man. to ask. But we talked a little bit about language from white pastors, black pastors, mm-hmm. from predominantly black churches, predominantly white churches. What language difference do you see in pastors? Not necessarily the literal language mm-hmm. that they're saying, but the almost the the message that they're communicating that maybe is a disconnect that you could help unpack. And we're not going to go through all of it, yeah. but just that you see when you, you're in you're in churches that are yeah. predominantly white, you're in churches that are predominantly black. What difference do you see? Well, I think that one of the huge differences is just um, the ability to notice, right? So, like as an African American. Um, we have all of these things popping up, you know, Freddie Gray, we have George Floyd, we have Ahmaud Arbery. Um, th- this is my reality without the news. Sure. Right? Like where we are um, in the racial divide, you know, racial profiling, all of these different things, I don't need the news to make that a big deal. Yeah. And I think I've seen African-American pastors say, finally, and they're frustrated. Uh, do I have to teach you this again? Mm. You know, kind of thing. Because it's my reality. And that's yes. my reality. And then we have uh, some of my white friends, and I've asked them straight up, like, why hasn't this been a thing? And this is why I don't really want to deal with it. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. So then I just act like it doesn't exist until I have to deal with it. And I think we have to meet each other halfway, mm-hmm. right? We have to realize that, yes, there is life. There are certain parts of my life that you will never experience. Just like Irene, there's certain parts of her life as an African-American, a biracial African-American woman that I will never, ever experience. Can you tell me a little bit about, like, growing up? Yeah, like, sure. Like, I mean, it's a different experience. <clears throat> yeah. It's a different experience. I mean, I'm, I'm married and uh, a, a black, black American. American man. Like, I am born in Africa 
raised in both Africa and the U.S., um, Zambia specifically, and I'm biracial. My dad was Caucasian-American. So I, I've had a lot to learn about Black American culture. Um, I was completely clueless of it, and he was so offensive to my family <laughs> wow. on so many wow. levels, consistently, um, you know, offended my mom. Uh, so there was a learning curve even with us. So just, I think the willingness, what I'm seeing in churches, the differences that I'm seeing is actually um, white or black. Yeah. doesn't matter what race you are. Are you willing to consider another perspective? Another perspective. Yeah. Are you willing? Just are you willing to come into my world and try our food? Like my husband mm. looked at our food and where, where I bought it, the African markets that yeah. I would take him to, he would be like, oh my gosh, what is this? But now he loves our food yeah. and he makes it better than me now. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so funny because he was, he was open. My dad, Caucasian American man, was open to another culture and embracing it. And um, I've watched my parents navigate that growing up, but the church specifically, yeah. the question is because some of these places you go, Jimmy, it's that people are willing or they're ignoring, yes, avoiding, yeah, and um, it, you know, and the season we're in in the world with mm -hmm. all of the racial trauma, repeat trauma that we've had to watch, and because we're home during COVID, and we're just watching TV, we were repeatedly watching these traumas happen over and over. God, I believe, good can come out of this season, 100%. and God is using this to open the eyes of believers. And um, and non-believers. I think to it's this like issue. this: like it played out in our marriage, and you yeah. would say that we're both African Americans, right? But I wasn't willing to notice. I wasn't willing to enter into her world. I wasn't willing to really act like that we were different. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm seeing. I'm seeing African American pastors saying, "Notice, notice, notice, notice," and then I'm seeing a lot of white pastors say, "Well, I'm not entering into your world." You know, you know, let's just stay separate. And it's kind of like, no, like there's this beautiful opportunity for unity. There's yeah. this beautiful opportunity for us to value our differences. And I think that's what the conversation needs to be. As we're sitting here talking, as we talked earlier today in the green room, my agenda and job is not to convince you. Mm -hmm. My agenda and job, I don't feel like, like my, the call of my life is not to have you think the way that I think. Mm -hmm. I just want to be heard. And I think if we put down our agenda to be right and we put down our agenda to, to change yeah. your mind or to make a point, mm -hmm. you know, we'll never make a difference until yeah. we do that. And so my thing is, is like, what if, you know, Logan and I just talked and you shared with me your experiences and I shared with you my experiences and we left the table just knowing each other better yeah. without having to change our realities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And I think that... Man, there, there's so many thoughts I have, but it made me think to my wife, she's Italian mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm Scandinavian. Uh, Scandinavian, Minnesotans, passive, you know, very passive, aggressive, can be, but very, just don't, confrontation. Uh -huh. The first, our first time going over to her family's house, uh, they were talking on the phone. I said, why are you guys yelling? <laughs> and they were trying to decide who was gonna pick up the food, something so simple. So and I said, I'll pick it up. I'll go out of my way to pick it up because it sounds like this is a crisis. She goes, there's nothing wrong. I was like, what are you talking about? You're all yelling. Wow. You're yelling on the phone. Mm -hmm. She goes, who is yelling? Yeah. You were yelling and your brother was yelling at you through. I could hear him. No, no one was yelling. 
to me, that's the loudest I've ever heard anyone talk to mm -hmm. someone because we didn't yell in our household. And so it kind of made me go, oh, wow, it's different. Yeah. Well, her, her parents, you know, her grandparents don't speak English. They're, they're Italian, 100%. And so that type of thing, I think people can understand it when there's a similarity mm -hmm. when you're willing to listen. Yeah. But I think at times you go, oh, well, I'm not willing to do it because they told us we're not supposed to or that, you know, people can understand, oh, a Scandinavian Italian, that's cool. You yeah. know? Oh, and an African-American and a black American can, yeah. can do that. That's cool. But yeah. once you start crossing melanin lines, I think mm -hmm. people can't compute. Yeah. And, and it's frustrating. But I think because of, I really believe it's spiritual. It's that's great. And, and I think our country, and again, I, you're the experts on this, not me. No, I'm no just experts. processing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just processing out loud. But I feel like our country is... The reason why it's our country is because I think the devil knows that if our country could could get this right, the church in our country, not yeah. not the politics in our country, but the church in our country, the good that we could do around yeah. the world. We were talking about Maverick City and just the, the beauty yeah. of what they've been able to do. If you said, oh, is that black music? Is that gospel music? Yeah. Is that CCM? Is that yeah. white music? No, it's you, you wouldn't even be able to know. know. I don't even think about that. I just think it's it. beautiful. And so it, it that that type of unity that yeah. we have, I think, is so incredible. But it starts with the table conversations, right. you know. And, and and again, I say this with um, uh, fear of of you know being mis misunderstood. But you know, when you said, "Man, I love to play golf," mm -hmm. I even I didn't assume that about you. Yeah. And that's something where I went, "Wow, maybe I would have assumed that about somebody else." Yeah. And I had to recognize that. Now we talk golf and yes, we love right. it and we're gonna go golfing soon. Mm -hmm. But I think those are little things. Does that mean I'm a bad person? No. No, but I, I'm, I just admitted to you guys, I yeah. didn't first think, let's talk golf with Jimmy. But yeah. then we're talking about Phil Mickelson, we're talking yeah. about this, we're talking about that. I'm like, wow, we have so much in common right. that I just didn't know mm -hmm. and wasn't willing to talk about because I just had some assumptions. Mm -hmm. So good. So yeah, man. Yeah. If we think about I like that, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Absolutely. If we think about like where the divide started, I mean, we can go all the way back to Babel. Yeah. Right. And what happened with unity? They were able to get to heaven, and so what did God do? I'm going to confuse the languages because He understood that if any anybody with any goal is together they can accomplish it, good or bad. Yeah, nothing is impossible for right? them. Right, so they confuse the languages. So for years, hundreds of years, you know, the, the languages was confused. Well, what happened in Acts? What happened in, in Acts in the upper room, they were all together in one place at Passover. What brought them together? Yep. The atonement of sin, to celebrate that, whether they were from whatever country, mm -hmm. right, from whatever place, red, yeah. yellow, white, or black, yep. and because there were 120 people together in an upper room, what happened? Unity broke out, mm -hmm. right? Come on, they had a they had an old school revival, mm -hmm. and fire came down. And what happened? They begin to understand each other's languages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow. Right, which was ultimately what speaking in tongues is. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then what happened after that? The church Exploded. increased. Yeah, mm -hmm. three thousand yeah. was added, and then yeah. those that were added daily. Yeah, why? Because of unity. Totally. Mm -hmm. Think about unity. It's not diversity. They were diverse if they weren't after the same thing. Mm -hmm. But because they were after the same thing, God, what did he do? He brought them into relationship, into proximity, mm -hmm. and then they begin to understand one another, and then revival broke out. And then it transitioned to, it transitioned to their homes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so we have to look at this thing 
and say, wow, there's power in differences. Because without differences, we don't have uni unity. We have uniformity. Yeah. Mm. But because we have differences, now we have unity. That's yes. different things coming together for one thing, not the same thing coming together for one thing. Yeah. And so I think we realized in that moment, like we said today, that diversity is the first down. Yep. But unity is the touchdown. Absolutely. That's so That's good. good. That's so good. I think there's so many... There's so many thoughts that I would love to dive into, but I think, I think leaving people wanting more Come is, is what That's I lo always, always love good. to do. And so I would love if you talked a little bit about, I know you shared a website that your guys are building and you know, just where people can go to find more information about you guys, next steps, maybe if they want to um, get resources from you guys. Absolutely. Well, first of all, you can follow us on uh, Instagram yep. at Irene Rollins and at I am Jimmy Rollins. Yep. And say, I believe it's the same thing on Twitter. Correct. I'm not as active on Twitter. No. What's our website? And then we have this beautiful marriage ministry that's mm -hmm. starting. Uh, and that website will go live in July okay. uh, of 2021. So it's coming up in a few yeah. weeks. And it's yeah. going to be two equals one dot com spelled out. The T-W-O equals one. Spell it all out dot okay. com. And that is a beautiful resource where Irene and I are stepping into marriage ministry. And all of this is, is honestly, it's the equation yeah. of a healthy marriage. Uh, and we're trying to even figure out how to like incorporate diversity in there because yeah. it's two different things equals one. And, you know, they shall leave their mom and father and come yeah. together as one. Like yeah. two people equals one. Like two, two different, different perspectives, two different ideologies. Yep. And we're excited about launching this marriage ministry. You can find us uh, on Instagram. That, as Irene said, I am Jimmy Rollins. And then Irene Rollins and two equals one. Wow, yeah. that, that's amazing. Well, I, I, think, I think for those listening, it's, and for me, I think a lot of pastors in general think, I need to solve this problem. Correct. And I think what I've seen more of over the past year and even now in this conversation is I don't need to solve the problem. It's up to Jesus. Yeah. I need to just have conversations. Oh, I need to sit down at the table. And so I just encourage you, if you're listening, just who are the people you need to talk to? You know, who are the people That's that you need good. to have that conversation with? And um, just, just believe that God can do what maybe you weren't able to do on your own. And he's done it in your marriage. He's done it in your life Absolutely. with your church, your That's transition, great. and he's going to do it throughout your new ministry that I believe. I mean, it's already launching out so strong, and mm -hmm. we've been blessed by it at our wow. conference. So thank you for chatting with me a little bit. Thank and you for having, just, having us. Thank you for having yeah, us. Absolutely. It's been a blessing. God bless.